What's good, Denver? What's good, Denver? How are you? I hope you're doing fantastic. It is, what's the date today? Oh boy, the 19th? September 19th. Yep. September 19th, 2023. And we are happy to be with you. We're going to do go over events. We are going to talk about highlights from the last week. And we are going to do a feature this week for Hispanic Heritage Month. I can't wait. Uh, before we get into it, Boy, how about them buffs? Sco buffs. Sco buffs. Sco buffs. What an incredible game. I, as an alum of both CU and CSU, I always love that game. It's a grudge match. I mean, CSU is is traditionally disadvantaged in that game, but they always show up for a fight. And what a fight it was. God dang, what a violent, incredible game. Unbelievable. Kind of sorry to see Travis Henry go out like that, but it seems like in a couple of weeks he's going to be good. Um, but, you know, shout out to, to Coach Prime. This season has been absolutely incredible. I forgot about that other Denver team that plays football sometimes, and I'm all in on the buffs. Way to go. And, you know, in addition, we should, probably should mention it because last week, you know, Olivia mentioned that probably a, a good thing to do is to go see Beetlejuice last week, which it seems like somebody actually took that advice. Bomb, bomb. <laughs> and made national news. <laughs> Sad trombone. I mean, you know, it's like a, a it's a, a, a nice children's event that was tarnished by, by you know, some nearly well. But, you know, shout out to the, the Buell Theater for having a swift response. You know, you, you can't bring any shenanigans to these, to these uh, theater uh, programs. You get kicked out quickly. So I'm glad to see that they did that. Um, we're going to get into these events. But before we do a little bit of business, this episode is brought to you by KitCaster. KitCaster books your podcast interviews. They work largely with funded startup founders, entrepreneurs with exits, and C-suite executives, and they book them on the world's top podcasts. If you have a story to tell, and if you're a founder, you most certainly do, because after all, after all, you're the hero of your brand. You need to tell your story, and you can do that at KitCaster. Go to KitCaster.com, hit the application, and speak with one of their lovely sales associates about getting you booked on top podcasts. Um, today's music, as always, is brought to you by Troy Higgins, the great, the illustrious, the San Diego shark, uh, Troy Higgins. Thanks for doing the music, buddy. I, I always uh, look forward to listening to it. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, man. Um, let's jump into events. Olivia, what do you have on tap this week? Thank you for asking, Ryan. I have, I'm mixing it up a little bit. We're doing one volunteer event, um, what art event. And then I'm just talking about one uh, queer owned business locally. So not really an event, but you can go anytime, make it an event. Uh, first one, volunteering at the presentation of Our Lady Mobile Food Market. So this is actually happening today from 1215 to 330 p.m. But this happens every third Tuesday of the month. So once a month, um, you can sign up just a couple hours, and it's a drive through food market that distributes food to hundreds of families uh, from the Villa Park, Belverde, and Barnum neighborhoods. You just help fill families' cars with bags of produce, dairy, non-perishables, and direct traffic. They're especially always on the lookout for bilingual volunteers. So anyone who speaks both English and Spanish, you could be especially helpful. And we are going to put a sign-up link for that in the show notes per usual. The next one. 
we're changing the tone drastically. It's a little <laughs> bit a little bit scandalous on the second one. This one is the art in the flesh pop-up. So do you guys remember when I was talking about the hip hop celebration at the Banshee House? Yeah. Um, so this is also put on by the Banshee House on Larimer, and this is being called Denver's first erotic art show. I don't know how they're qualifying that. That's, I, that's a good point. I'm sure it's happened before, but um, this is going to be 25 plus artists pushing the boundaries of erotic art, quote unquote. I do want to say this venue has a massive window that makes it visible from Larimer. So I assume that it's not going to be too scandalous, but there's only one way to find out. So September 29th and 30th, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., they've got a big bar. They're going to have DJ sets both nights, 7 to 11, and entry's free. Nice. That's that's a fine line between erotic art and just <laughs> pornography. Yeah. You got you to walk that very carefully and deliberately. Yeah. There's definitely a line there. There is a line. Well, that's why I wanted to throw in that like this, well, most of this venue is visible from Larimer Street in, yeah. on the inside. So I feel mm. like that, you know, creates some natural boundaries. But again, only one way to find out. Uh, yeah. And then my third thing that I wanted to throw out there, I was just thinking this morning that I hadn't really talked about any like locally owned queer businesses recently. And so I thought I'd do a little digging and I found a place that I'd actually really like to go to called Grounds for Dismissal Coffee in Cherry Creek. It's on East Harvard. It's owned by two wives, Chris and Cora, and they're boasting a lot of really great locally made stuff. They're doing craft coffee flights, locally roasted. All of their syrups are handmade, which we love, fresh pastries, brunch. And um, I think something that makes them sound especially attractive is they're doing like very customizable breakfast menu. So like vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, like they're really down to work with people, which we love to see. So go check out Grounds for Dismissal. And yeah, so cool. I've never seen these coffee flights like like these. This is, it looks unbelievable. They're like almost like Frappuccino, yeah. dare I say. Coffee, coffee flights. flights. That's a bad word. No, I'm I know. Just kidding. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> yeah, this place looks awesome. Yeah, Coffee flight sounds like a little bit too much. I, <laughs> one coffee, coffee for me is enough. And a flight, I think I'd be flying after that. Dude, yeah. I, I used That's to intense. work in um, specialty coffee wholesaling. And it was just the best because we'd get together and do tastings. And at the beginning, we'd all be like cogent. And then two hours later, after we've tasted 15 coffees, we're all just insane. Yeah. It gets more and more fun as the day goes on. So that could be you. Yeah. Okay. That would be a <laughs> little intense. bit much for me. I really can't even handle one coffee. I'm not a coffee drinker. And if, when I do have it, I'm just wired for the hours and hours and tweaking out. I do get a lot of stuff done, but it's not fun <laughs> for me. <laughs> Decaf light for Tom. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> what I, a, I need that. What about you? What are you up to this week, Tom? Um, I got a couple cool events. Uh, so one Denver Oktoberfest. I think there's like officially two or three different Oktoberfest, but there's a big official Denver Oktoberfest. It's weekend one of that this weekend from the 22nd to the 24th. That is over by, um, one sec, one sec, Larimer and 21st by Ballpark. So it's really big. I mean, I've, I haven't gone in there, but I walked like past it last year and it was huge. Typical Oktoberfest activities. There's going to be another weekend from the 29th to October 1st, if you can't make it to this weekend, 
They got all sorts of games, food, lots of beer, keg bowling, Stein what? hoisting. Dude. Stein else? hoisting. <laughs> you haven't seen that? No. That's when you um you have the two full steins of beer and whoever can hold them like this the longest, they're the winner. Oh wow. So, okay. So you just gotta hold them straight out. That's what's it's keg bowling. Easy. Keg bowling? It okay, here's what it says, Troy. It says Go for a strike at the keg bowling land. Beer plus bowling equals enough. Said, and there's a photo, and they're pretty much getting ready to roll a huge keg. I'm not sure what they're hitting oh. now, if it's pins or another keg. Nice. <laughs> but, <laughs> steins. Yeah. Yeah, maybe nice. you're hitting steins. I don't know. Great. Um, there's a wiener dog race. Long dog, uh-huh. long dog derby. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Bring your pooch and set him loose. <laughs> So now that's yeah. entertainment right there. Yeah, exactly. But all the all the classic October stuff, Oktoberfest stuff, beers, brews, and Bavarian foods, it says. Nice. That sounds amazing because the recent science suggested that uh, beer actually raises estrogen levels. But this sounds like there's enough testosterone flowing with keg throwing <laughs> and stein hoisting that it balances it out. Yeah, I think so. There's definitely... <laughs> Lots of everything going on over there. Nice. Um, the second thing that I have here is the silent disco at Mile High Spirits. That's going to be Saturday the 23rd at 10 p.m. And the only reason I bring this up is because I'm plugging mine and my brother's new silent disco business. We, yeah. have, we have a silent disco. So if you ever need any parties to go on later than they should or you have very nosy or annoyed neighbors you can uh, hit us up and we'll get you a silent disco set up. It's good for other things too, though. Like um, we're looking into renting it for like conferences or something. Like you can have a translator on a channel. So like if the presentation is in English, you can have someone also translating in Spanish. Like everyone gets their own headphones. Cool. Get some Spanish, get whatever other languages you need. Um, What else is it good for? There's a lot of things. You can, uh, you could go to like a sports bar and you can have silent like disco headphones there where like, oh, one channel, everyone's watching the Broncos game. Other channel, everyone's watching the Yankees. Cool. You know? So you can actually like change the channel of the TV that you're hearing just so that not everyone's getting blasted by the same thing. You can just have you can have up to three different channels. So and then what it's really for, you can have a party with three different DJs at once and everyone's battling it out to see which channel's the the best dude if you ever need a third dj man bring me in tap me in yeah I'll we'll put- get you on a, on a vinyl set <laughs> i'll do like country blues and there'll be like one person listening to that and i'll be like just point to him like you know what's up i would you love to up. see <laughs> that happen with djs doing three different genres so you have people like contra dancing and line dancing on one channel and like mm-hmm. just raving on yeah. another channel yeah I, I i wouldn't be able to help it i just be judgmentally looking at everybody who's not listening to my mix yeah. Well, you can you can really clearly Naturally. see it. Naturally. Cuz the headphones will change color depending on what channel you're listening to. So there's red channel, blue channel, green channel. So you can see who's got the most listeners at any given moment. We're we're testing it out this weekend. There's me a party. You guys want to come? At Tom's house? That's cool. No, not at my house. At, at someone else's house. Yes. How many uh, sets of headphones do you have? 100. Wow. 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 A hundred sets with the three channels. So yeah, that's a party. It's going to be cool. 
Dude, I, I've done it a couple times and it's actually really, really fun and kind of this weird social experiment because you see as the colors change, like a little click will emerge that's really getting down with the red. Yeah. And then other people are start tuning into red and merging over there and then, it, you know, it changes. Yeah, huh. that or you have like, it's just a weird um, like sensation to just be like in it blasting and then you take it off and it's completely silent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It really is. It, it's cool to see. I was a... Uh, <laughs> I was actually at a silent disco once and I don't know, I had some drinks flowing and I just yelled to my friend. I was like, this guy is not good. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, and they were like, dude, can hear you. You're just a quiet. <laughs> no, well, no, none of the dancers heard, but if the DJ had his headphones off, he, he probably could have heard, even though he's far away. In fact, that's all he heard. That's like a <laughs> DJ on DJ crime from Tom over all here. Right. Well, it was justified. <laughs> it was justified. Okay. All right, and then um, I'll wrap it up with the Red Rock schedule. Ugh, my favorite Red Rocks weekend this weekend. It's Lewis the Child weekend. My favorite DJs at the moment, but I can't go because I've previously committed to that party. So dang, that's that's on Saturday. Oh, but they're actually playing Sunday too. So who knows? Maybe check that out. But uh, tonight, Arctic Monkeys. Wednesday and Thursday, we have Sting with his My Song store. So cool. Things just sting, stinging it up. Friday, get the lead out. Saturday morning, you got that snow shape winter fitness workout that we talked about last week. Nice. Catered towards skiers, snowboarders, uh, any sort of winter sports athlete. You can go up to Red Rocks and get worked out Saturday at 8 a.m. And then uh, Saturday and Sunday night, Lewis the Child. Um, and then a little bonus Monday, Counting Crows, Banshee Season Tour. Nice. Do you know Counting Crows? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What was the big 90s crooners. Yeah. <laughs> With Dashboard Confessional as well. That's what's going on on Monday. That's a good mix because I feel like Counting Crows was kind of the uh, the departure from alternative into emo. You know, they really, they really had that bridge. It's interesting nice. because they're like lyrically emo, but like acoustic indie sing-songy kind yeah, of. Yeah, totally. Like classic Rocky almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good for those guys. I'm glad they're still out there doing it. All right. I got I got a bunch of events. I'm going to rip through them. First one is Charlie Tuna and Cut Chemist at the Levitt Pavilion. We haven't talked about Levitt Pavilion yet, but that is an absolute gem in Denver. It's over mm-hmm. off Ruby Hill. Ruby Hill is, is extraordinary, of course. If you got kids, you got to get over there for, for the sledding. But they got a cool dirt bike track, pump track. And they have Levitt Pavilion, which is essentially, I think most of their shows are totally free. This one included. Um, shout out to Andy, who's a good friend of ours and is music director over there and has just absolutely extraordinary programming for everybody. So Charlie Tuna and Cut Chemist, of course, founding members of J5. And those guys get down. That dude, uh, Charlie Tuna, is, is just one of my favorite MCs, largely because he's so percussive. But in addition to founding J5, he was also, they're both founding members of Ozomotli, which I think ties in very nicely with uh, Hispanic Heritage Month. If you guys don't know about Ozomotli, it's like this giant group, I think, from L.A. that makes this kind of like traditional Spanish mu- uh, music with hip hop. And they're, they're extraordinary. You got to check out them. I think they only released like two or three records. But maybe Charlie Tuna is releasing a new record, and that's why he's tuning. So super stoked for that. Check that out. Totally free show. Levitt Pavilion, Saturday night. I'm probably going to be there. 
Um, we've got the High Plains Comedy Festival, uh, which will link the schedule, which is all over South Broadway, which is a huge event every single year and is really anchored by the comedy team Grolix, which is uh, quite illustrious for a Denver comedy scene. So check that out. Of course, we have the Great American Beer Fest, which is the largest beer convention in the world. That is also this week. If you don't have tickets, well, you're probably SOL or you could probably pay a premium. Mm -hmm. um, I've been one time and I made it through all two hours on a, on a pace. I mean, if you're really committed to it, you can put down a lot of one ounce beers. That one's hard to get tickets to because Colorado people love the beer. That's the one where it's like all the different craft beers. Everyone flies in to showcase their freshest stuff. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And, you know, I, I went straight to like the IPAs immediately. And then, you know, my palate was just torched. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, dang. No, that's a good point. You might want to wait until like till the end for that kind of bitter palate. I, that goes back to the question, how many beers can you really drink? But I guess it's good they limit it to two hours. Yeah, you have like a window. Yeah. And still, you know, it's it's lively. You know, there's pretzels. You got to wear pretzel mm. jewelry so you can just gnaw on pretzels in between waiting in lines. Nice. So, yeah. Uh, and good luck to all the brewers in, in Denver. I mean, Denver is, is very famous for their beer. In fact, you can throw a stone in Denver. It'll bounce off a dispensary and hit a brewery, guaranteed. <laughs> and that's just how it works in Denver. Um, so good luck to everybody who's competing. And I hope you guys bring home the gold. Um, this week, we're also in the middle of Denver Startup Week, which happens to be the largest free startup event in the world as well. Um, this is something that I participated in six or seven years as a presenter, doing all kinds of different stuff about podcasting. I did a year once on um, universal basic income. This was before that became kind of a reality. <laughs> but you can find topics about absolutely everything. It's really geared, I think, largely for people that are kind of dipping their toes into startup water and, and need resources, but also need inspiration and guidance. Great stuff there. It's also a fan place, fantastic place to go. If you're looking for fundraising opportunities, there's always um, some, some good local VCs and angels. So if you're, you're new to Denver Startup Week, definitely check it out. There are events all over downtown um, and you can find something that's going to be good for you. Um, we have for, for the kids day out with Thomas, the train at the color, <laughs> the Colorado railroad museum. Dang. I Epic. know this, this event is also sold out. Um, but what? It I know. Can you believe it? <laughs> it's ridiculous. I'm trying to go to that. I, know. I used to love Thomas, the tank engine. I know, man. He's awesome. Once you have kids and you're watching it, you're like, wow, man, this claymation is a little spooky. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of weird that it's not, it's not, uh, uh, you know, kids don't don't take it the wrong way, but kids love Thomas the Train. He's yeah, amazing. Yeah, I loved him because it was me. <laughs> it's like I'm Thomas. I'm the train. <laughs> this is my show. Yeah, I could see how that would be yeah. very satisfying. There was no children, children actors named Ryan Olivia, of course. Yeah, absolute classic. And I had Olivia the pig as well. Yeah, she was a big hero. So what's going on with uh, this Thomas event? Why are why are the kids flocking? What's happening? I, I think because they have a giant Thomas the train. No way. Yeah, they, they do at whole, least get a pick of that. I know they do the whole party around it, and actually the um, the Colorado Railroad Museum, which I believe is just outside of Golden, is a really fun way to spend an afternoon. I mean, I don't know. I know there's a lot of speculation um, this week around our men thinking about the Roman Empire, you know, but I think you could probably go toe to toe with trains 
Trains are something particularly to men. I think they're like, man, trains are just inherently cool, you know? Mm -hmm. So the Railroad Museum has a bunch of different kinds of trains. Uh, my favorite is like the snowplow train. I don't know if you've seen one of those things. Yeah, oh. those are sick. They had that up at the, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Pikes Peak. So you can take a train to the top of Pikes Peak, but it had snowed a couple days before and they had like the plow train in front of us getting us up there. But ultimately we had to turn around because the track got like, there was a wind drift and the track was blown over the snow. So they're like, we're not getting to the top today. Oh, that's so scary. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, they had the plow on the front of the thing. It oh, cool. it's sick. It looks like a, it looks like a, like a cartoon villain or something. Like mm -hmm. if it was a transformer, it would definitely be a Decepticon. <laughs> it's an evil looking train. It's awesome though. Yeah, no doubt. Shout out to those guys. Okay. And um, ending with Sunday night at Herb's hideout is Venus Cruz. Venus is an old friend of mine. She's absolutely extraordinary. Also ties well into Hispanic heritage. She'll definitely sing in, uh, in Spanish uh, for at least some of the songs. She's got an amazing voice and just incredible stage presence. Um, spent many, many a Thursday night with her back in the day uh, for her band Future Jazz Project, which those are legendary Denver nights. And that's what I've got on tap this week. Let's jump right into highlights from last week. Olivia, what, what was your highlight from last week? My highlight from last week is uh, kind of a silly one. I have a penchant for diners, good or bad. Like yeah. I just I just love a diner. I like bad coffee and a really sweet pancake. Um, my family decided that we were going to take a day trip to visit grandma's in Wyoming. And so my dad and I did like three hours there, three hours back, got to catch up, which was awesome. And then just went to a bad diner and got uh, pancakes and coffee with my grandma's. So yeah. And then my other one was um, roommates are out of town right now, cars in the shop. So I had the garage to myself, which meant that I could paint this weekend and make a big mess. And I'll have to worry about it. Cool. So I loved that. Were you painting artistically or are you painting structurally? Artistically. Oh, nice. Well, depends. That's neither here nor there. But <laughs> <laughs> I was a painting for enjoyment and making a mess, and it was good. Oh, that's the best. Yeah. Yeah, painting's you. painting's really all about prep work, really, right? You gotta set the tone right, get mm. in the space right. Yeah. And then you can kind of go. I definitely listened to the Amelie soundtrack like 15 times this weekend and went through a bottle of red. So I was I was in it. <laughs> nice. Amelie. It's a good Those painting instructors always have some little tips and tricks that you would never think of. Yeah. If you're like, wow, it's this easy to draw a cloud or paint the cloud. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, as long as you know the technique. Yeah. Watch Bob Ross. Watch something. And I'm into abstract expressionism right now, which means I don't have to paint anything at yeah. all takes all the pressure you just do off. whatever you want yeah i'm basically a five-year-old in there like this um yeah what about you tom <laughs> um i ended up at uh elohim at temple elohim is a um rising female electronic artist well not even rising she's huge in yeah. terms of the electronic space so she's very well known i've seen her a few times but um a friend of mine had an extra ticket and then we ended up getting a temple now they have like a $50 ticket where it comes with an open bar so that was really nice since we got one free ticket McKenna and I just split the open bar ticket cool. 25 bucks each and then we got free drinks for our whole crew the entire night and it was it was working great because I went up to the bartender you know had the open bar wristband left a tip on top of that he's like oh my god like nobody with that ever leaves any tips it's like Listen, if you got the open bar thing, you still got to leave some tips for the bartender. 
But either way, every time I walked up, he would serve me <laughs> right away because I was giving him some tips, even though I had the open bar. So that's that's what you got to do. Like it, if you it, treat your bartender right, they're gonna they're I gonna really get you hooked up. Temple doesn't wise up on that ticket. I, I hope nobody from Temple hears this. <laughs> what? I mean, it's their, that's the deal that they do. That's what it is. 50 bucks, you get the open bar. For a person, for right? A, or not was your it, crew. You're, oh, yeah. No, not for everyone, but also like just me going up there. I'm not like handing the drinks out. I'm just getting one drink at a time. I think that's the rule. You get one drink at a time and just walk up, walk up again in five minutes, another one, another one. Listen, They're like, this I man is share. keeping it together for all these vodka sodas he's had. Yeah. I mean, what are they going to do? They're not going to do anything. Uh, he's got five pairs of sunglasses. He just walks up with a new one each time. Hello, was, sir. Nice I'm, to meet you. I'm testing different <laughs> drinks, you know, like, oh, you know what? I don't like this gin yeah. and Sprite. You know, I'm going to have a vodka soda. Here, you take this one. You know, like, whenever you know, I'm like looking to taste some quality cocktails nightclubs are always my first choice <laughs> yeah exactly splash I'm not, of coke i'm not looking for anything special really uh, like does that have liquor in it okay honestly good. it's responsible because you know ultimately you don't want to overserve yourself yeah so i have know. to share with my friend There's, of course how am i supposed to be the only one who has unlimited alcohol that just spells like a bad night for me big time so if i don't share it with everyone else they're Plus helping one. you be responsible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I yeah. commend I'm you. It. I'm with yeah. it. Very noble of you. <laughs> Thanks, Troy. Yeah. So that's what that's what I ended up doing. But uh, that's it. Nice. Troy, what you got? Uh, so I'm currently in the process of relocating to L.A. So this weekend, uh, we went up there to go check out some spots. Um, had some, some success. Found a spot we really like. So in the next couple of weeks everything goes right, we should be uh, moving up to L.A. It's a huge city. It's a whole beast in itself, but I'm ready for it. Um, it was actually funny. We So we went and checked out this one spot, and we were kind of like walking around the neighborhood. We really liked it, and uh, we saw an open house sign, and we we're like, oh, we're, you know, we're here. We might as well go check it out. And it was kind of like a gated complex, so we couldn't really like we – didn't, we didn't really know what we were walking into, and immediately after stepping inside – I realized like, oh, this is not for me. It was like a four-story luxury, like borderline mansion for sale for like $2.8 million. And I had already signed in and talked to the realtor before I realized what I was getting myself into. So I kind of had to do this, kind of had to do this entire tour of this luxury four-story condo in downtown Hollywood that was... Yeah, not in my budget at all. And it was like, it was too deep to kind of, it was just to kind of be like, oh, yeah, this isn't what I was expecting. So we got a whole tour of the place. And uh, yeah, now they keep calling me and emailing me. Did you really play the part where you like measuring the closet? Like, I think I might need to have some custom shelves installed. (laughs) I think the realtor knew halfway through, like, okay, this is, come on. They're just bored. I was like, wow. They're like, there was like an elevator in it. And I was like, yeah, no, I, I'm sure you guys <laughs> nice. look like you can afford it. They're probably like, you know what? Yeah, these these are I'm some legit they, clients. Yeah, I'm flattered they let me inside. <laughs> nice. What um, you said you found a good spot. Is there something like in specific that you guys are looking for? Like a place with a lot of light, like extra room for a studio. <laughs> yeah, you. I mean, you hit two of the main main things there: uh, natural lighting, a uh, second bedroom for a studio, uh, you know, slash recording room, office, and then location, um, making sure it's central and we can get wherever we need to be. 
And yeah, those are some of the main things we're looking for. It kind of checked all the boxes. So yeah, if everything goes accordingly, we should be up there in the next couple of weeks or so. Nice. That's awesome, man. That's so exciting. Yeah, yeah right on, dude. I mean, maybe that realtor just just call him back, be like, hey, I'm a, I'm not spending more than 2.5 million. Yeah. <laughs> Get that together. Yeah. We need to replace those backsplashes and then maybe we can talk about it. Those backsplashes mm-hmm. are trusty. <laughs> yeah, try and negotiate. That's really cool, man. What's what's uh, uh, spawning the change? I mean, San Diego seems like heaven. Yeah, I mean, if it was up to me, I wouldn't leave San Diego, but it's uh, more of a work-related thing. So my girlfriend, her office is up there, and she currently commutes twice a week, oh, and it's just dang. it's going to be a lot easier just to be closer. And um, yeah, I'm fully remote, so it just makes sense for sure. Cool. Well, you're yeah. a good guy, man. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. a tough commute. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I took her to the train station at like 5.50 this morning. So it's uh, yeah, a lot of commuting for sure. Damn, girl. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. Thanks, Troy. Uh, My pick today is Mai Tai Cafe, which is a neighborhood spot. I live over by Sloan's Lake, and this is at 25th and Federal. It's just a little hole in the wall. Um, Nice little family that runs it. Mai Tai Cafe. It is so good. It's so tasty, you know, and it's I mean, for me, it's hard to do my uh, Thai food wrong. You know, I kind of like everything, but this is Mm. this is kind of more bistro-y. It's it's got a chef's touch. Put it that way. Um, It's really good. And I felt bad because I I went in there and, and typically I, you know, I try and do everything on credit card because you don't want you to get your your debit card out there. So I put down American Express. He's like, oh, we don't take that. And I immediately felt so guilty. Like if someone hand writes you the ticket, you know what I'm saying? Pay cash. Like, mm. what are you doing? What are you doing? Slap down American Express like some jabroni. Man, come on. And so I was like, oh, dude, my bad, my bad. Okay. So I paid him cash. But, you know, I should. I, th- this is just a, a note to self. If they're writing out the thing. Now, if somebody is like putting the like machine in front of your face and you got to slide the card and stuff, Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Then it doesn't matter, you know? Yeah, it's for like, sure. Whatever, whatever. They got some system in place. But if it's handwritten, you, you know, know what he's I mean? going to the back to dial that in or something. Like. Yeah, exactly. They don't want to pay 2.9%, man. Come on. Pay cash. That's what it's all about. Anyway, Mai Tai Cafe, mm-hmm. absolute deliciousness over there. Go check them out. Let's jump right into our feature, which is Hispanic Heritage Month. And Olivia brought it up. I didn't know that September was Hispanic Heritage Month, but I thought... What a, what a fantastic way we can we can talk about some feature stuff from Denver. Um, to and this is some clarification I I need sometimes like the difference between Hispanic and Latin. So Hispanic means Spanish speaking. So Spa- people from Spain are Hispanic. People from Brazil are not Hispanic because they speak Portuguese. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Latin are people that are in Central and South America. And they speak various languages, so it's not Spanish people, but it is Brazilian people. Mm-hmm. So that's a good, it's a good differentiation. It's Spanish-speaking people. And, mm-hmm. and it's not just Central and South America. Of course, it's, it's Denver, and historically, it's Denver. I mean, Colorado is a state for like 150 years only because a line moved past the people that were already here. And there mm-hmm. were already people speaking a ver- variety of different languages. And there's a lot of generational people in Denver that speak Spanish naturally. Um, which is really cool. So I got a couple of picks. Um, the first one is Races oh, uh, Brewery, which is right down by uh, Mile High or M- M- Power Field. It's always going to be Mile High Stadium, mm-hmm. um, yeah, which, is, right. <laughs> which is a Latino-owned brewery. I believe the only one 
um, in the state, which in itself is pretty cool. But if their beer sucked, I probably really wouldn't care. Um, but they do have an absolutely amazing uh, list of, of brews. Their beer is very, very good. Great spot to go pre-game, post-game, if you're going to watch the Broncos. Um, really cool environment and just an awesome staff. Uh, my buddy Mateo used to work down there. I think he's moved on, but uh, it's a really cool place, and the staff has just absolutely excellent service. Um, and shout out to them. And they're, they're very Latino, Hispanic forward, which I also really appreciate. I think super cool. Nice. The other thing I wanted to talk about is kind of unseen Denver. You know, I mean, like I said, Hispanic people in Denver are all over the place. Mm-hmm. And, and largely they're, they're bilingual at least. You know, they speak, Span- or speak English too, of course, and they're wear- well integrated into the business and cultural scene. But there's a lot of people here too that are new to Denver perhaps and don't speak English. And these folks in this kind of, these kind of events are harder to find. Yeah. You got to kind of, you got to kind of sneak up on them really, because they're, mm-hmm. they're not going to be in the papers. You know what I mean? And they're every once in a while I stumble onto these. This, and I was talking to Oslo, it's like a side quest. So we were riding our bikes around uh, and we, we were kind of by South high school and they have all city stadium there. So I'm like, Oh, there's some people over there. Let's go check it out. And we went over there and there was like minor league baseball. It was all Hispanic people, you know, mm. playing baseball with with wooden bats. And it was just the most incredible game ever, you know. And I, I think pretty much on any park at any given time on a Sunday, you could wander into probably a soccer game, a baseball game. There's all the stuff that's happening all the time. That's just a matter of kind of getting off the unbeaten path and checking out what's going on. Yeah. You know, in that instance, they're more than happy to see a couple of gringos walk in there with their bikes like, oh, what? Baseball, let's go. Let's go. So, you know, I think that's like a really cool aspect of Denver is that, you know, if you're not just on the on the 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 main main streets, you know, you get off a little bit, you see what see what these other people are doing. There's just like a whole bunch of cool stuff you can find, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of a unseen side quest in Denver. Definitely. Yeah. That's cool. Olivia, what you got? Um, so I'm going to talk about Museo de las Americas, and I really appreciate you breaking down the difference between Hispanic and Latino. I was considering whether I should do it or not, and it, y'all, y'all are doing your research and bringing it um, to the table, so that's really important. Um, and I wanted to talk about this museum on Santa Fe Drive. It is considered uh, the best Hispanic museum in the Rocky Mountain region in terms of documenting culture and on the historic side as well as the contemporary side. Um, it's dedicated to educating our community through collecting, preserving, interpreting, and exhibiting the diverse Latin American arts and cultures from ancient to contemporary through innovative exhibits and programming. And um, like Denver said, we have a massive Hispanic community. It is part of Denver's identity. It's actually 34% of the population of Denver. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty significant. And um, right now, one of the exhibits that they have going through there is called Costa Rica Long Live Peace and Labor. And Costa Rica gets a reputation for being kind of this idyllic place that um, tends to lay low politically. But what this exhibit is doing is documenting and sharing some of the cultural and political complexity that's going on below that idyllic surface. And um, they've got everything from ancient artifacts to modern Costa Rican art. So it's it's pretty dynamic and I'm looking forward to checking it out. And then the other thing is October 2nd, their Dia de los Muertos exhibit starts. And I think that's a, I'm really excited about that. That's one of my favorite holidays. 
And I think that it's something that we tend to know about in the U.S., but we tend to know about it kind of superficially. I think the movie Coco helped people start to break down more pieces of it. Um, but this exhibit is going to really dig into what that celebration really looks like and means in a nuanced way. So looking forward to that. Sick. Nice. Yeah, my favorite brand of Catholicism is definitely Mexican Catholicism. Which is a complex statement, but <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of really beautiful cultural stuff that's come out of that for sure. That that museum is extraordinary. They have a bunch of Lady Guadalupe's in there, and I'm a big Guadalupe guy mm -hmm. because for the same reason, like it, 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 they seem to the artwork that uh, of Lady Guadalupe is like very psychedelic in nature, for lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. So like it's definitely imbibed with. Mexican culture, which is, in my opinion, probably the most vibrant, amazing place on planet Earth. Yeah. Music, dance, definitely. clothes, food, forget about it, you know. So definitely check out that museum. It's awesome. Sweet. So much history going on down there, too. I love going down to, uh, when I went to Mexico City, that was one of my favorite trips that I've ever been on, yeah. seeing all of the ancient civilizations that are there, like literally... I've, stuff that you don't actually think about being in the Americas, like the Aztecs, the Mayas, like yeah, it's awesome. Well, you know, it's it's weird, right? Like because you look at no disrespect to to Costa Rica, let's say for example, wonderful place, volcanoes, beautiful beaches, but mm -hmm. why why is the culture in Mexico so incredible? Mm -hmm. You know, and everywhere else is just kind of eh. yeah, it's cool. You like plantains too? That's cool. I feel like I can't let this moment pass me by without talking about it because I did a project um, on the lady, uh, Guadalupe. Oh, did you really? When I was uh, doing an artist residency in Oaxaca. And the reason that I reacted so strongly to talking about the lady is that um, she is actually a manipulation of the Aztec goddess Tenancine. Yes. Yes. Talk uh, to me about it. So essentially the Spanish colonizers showed up and they wanted to convert people and the fastest way to convert people was to combine catholicism with existing gods yeah. and so um there is a story it actually geographically uh, took place in mexico city um where essentially uh, a local man was either paid or bribed convinced to say that he had seen this happening on a hill he saw this appearance of this woman but it, it was the moment that the image of uh, Mary was combined with this Aztec goddess and created this new brand of Catholicism that would appeal to Mexicans and convert people. So it's mm. kind of a dark symbol, but it's, she's also a beautiful symbol. And that's the thing that I tried to unpack in this project is like, regardless of where it came from, you also can't take away like the meaning that that image has for so many people of like love yeah. and hope and all these things. So it's not expressly negative. It's just deeply nuanced and um i'm really only scratching the surface but i couldn't couldn't pass the moment by without oh sharing that, that. yeah i love that that's so we, cool. we need to have lunch and talk guadalupe let's do it let's that's, talk about the lady let's talk about yeah, it even though that's how it started still millions of people look up to it and it's their faith so yeah. absolutely yeah well you know there's a lot like that i mean the the catholics really were experts at like stealing everything wonderful and adapting it and changing it into their own thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 there's some tragedy to it, but ultimately that is like 
it's the same stuff and that when you can mesh it over each other, then then uh, the indigenous people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, I know I get Mary now because it's like our thing. Mm-hmm. And we do the same thing now, whether it's in Harry Potter or it's in the Marvel Universe, they just take the same characters and just like give them superhero powers. But it's essentially the same stories. <laughs> Pretty Guadalupe. Lady Guadalupe. Coming to a theater near you. Yeah. <laughs> I hope. Um, cool. Well, I could I could talk next. Um, I have a historical Denver figure, a Mexican American man by the name of Rodolfo Gonzalez. So, Rodolfo Gonzalez, he was born to a family of I think twelve children. Let me, I have that here somewhere. Either way, big family. Um, his parents came from Mexico, um, and he was huge in. Uh, Denver culture as an Mexican-American boxer, poet, political organizer, activist. His list goes on and on. And actually, I found out about him because there is now a library, the Rodolfo Corky Gonzalez Branch Library of the Denver Public Library that's over on um, Irving Street and Colfax. But um, Rodolfo Gonzalez, you know, I was just reading up and and really trying to learn a lot about what he was doing. But... um, he was really big in the crusade for justice in Denver, which was an urban rights and Chicano uh, urban movement during the 1960s. They were focusing on social, political, economic justice for Chicanos. Um, he organized the first Chicano Youth Liberation Conference in 1968. Um, but apparently that one had really bad weather, so not a lot of people came. But in 1969, a lot of people came. Um and he was just really um, huge in, you know, politicizing and, you know, motivating um, Chicano people in Denver to have a voice and stand up for themselves. And then, you know, also on top of that, um, something that, you know, had a big effect on his influence in politics was he had an insane boxing career as a professional boxer. Um, Damn, dude. He had, he had 75 fights, which that's a lot. That's a lot. For boxing, especially. <laughs> that is a lot. Um, 63 wins, 11 losses, and one draw. So Not bad. They said that, um, you know, as I was reading up, he, he would always be pretty high up there. But then once he would get to, like, the pre-title fight, he, that's when he would lose. But um, still, an insane career to have 75 fights, 63 wins. But, yeah, that kind of catapulted his political career in Denver. He was inducted into the Colorado Sports Hall of Fame in 1988, um, and yeah, his you know his political activism really helped give you know Chicano people a voice in Denver, and you know he's a pretty cool dude because of that. Shout out to Corky Gonzalez, thanks Tom, that's Corky awesome. Cal. He's yes. also a handsome devil. Look at really that mustache. Good. Yeah, it's a nice mustache. Nice. <laughs> cool. All right, Troy, you got, I think you got a San Diego feature for us, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, my pick um, actually for Hispanic Heritage Month is more of a kind of place in general. It's the neighborhood of Barrio Logan, which is located in South Central San Diego. And um, it's such a cool place. It's extremely rich with Hispanic and Latino culture. I spend quite a bit of time there. And if you're ever in San Diego, I highly recommend checking it out. It's just a really cool community with everything from 
um, you know, Spanish architecture. Um, there's actually a place called Chicano Park, which is full of these beautiful murals and um, just overall the sense of community and Latin and Hispanic presence is so rich there. And there's also a place that I go down to eat at all the time called Salud Tacos. And it's insane. Like you, there, there's nowhere you can go in Barrio Logan and get bad Mexican food. Like it's just, it would never happen in a million years. And yeah, anyone who's in San Diego, it's a, it's a must see neighborhood. It's, it's really, really cool. Tremendous. Yeah. I love that spot. San Diego is this thing. I mean, Mexico is right there. Yeah. It's like a, a mile or two away. <laughs> yeah, walk. So. And it used to be Mexico. Yeah, absolutely. So. <laughs> this all used to be Mexico. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Have you been there, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I, I've been fortunate to spend a lot of time in Southern California and San Diego in particular. It's just, it's just a magic place. There, there'll be a time when I move down there and get a beach cruiser and grow out what hair I have left and just live a Lebowski life for the rest of, of times. <laughs> One day down the road. <laughs> One day down the road. Yeah, shout to Hispanic Heritage Month. Very cool. And hey, no disrespect. I feel like I kind of trashed Costa Rica there for a second. I love Costa Rica. Costa Rica is great. And I, I love plantains. For... <laughs> Wait, thank I was you, down Costa there Rica. for a month. <laughs> I don't want to start a beef with Costa Rica. Yeah. Definitely not. Yeah, you want to go to Costa Rica. You were there in the, the uh, peak COVID, weren't you? It was like the end of COVID, like the tail of COVID, but um, still like travel restrictions and stuff. You know, I had to get like a, I had to get a test to come back to the United States and stuff. But it was, it was a great time to be down in Costa Rica for sure. Like in the rainforest on the beach. Oh, it's the best. It's so good. No beef Costa Rica, but obviously, you know, we're in Denver. So, you know, Mexico's near and dear to our heart. Do we have anything nice to say about Spain since we are, it is Hispanic Heritage Month. Um, Spain is one of the coolest places I've ever been. I mean, nice. They they love their football there. Oh, dude, um, that football team I, looks like it's, they're all <laughs> models or something. I went to the, the Barcelona game while I was in um, Barcelona, and uh, Messi was still on the team then, just destroying it, just owning the entire field. And so we actually ended up leaving a little bit late to the game because we didn't expect this, but the entire like city shuts off yeah. during the game. So like we were able to somehow get a cab, but like there wasn't even like a train to take it. Like the, everything, <laughs> wow. everything stops during the game and every like radio or TV in in earshot has it playing. Yeah. But no one's watching there because they're all at the stadium. Like yeah. everyone's at the stadium or they're inside somewhere, but Anywhere you're walking around in the entire city, you can hear what's happening on the game somehow. You can't even like see a TV anywhere, but you just hear the game. Crazy. You hear it on the streets. This cab picks us up. We open it and it's like a seamless transition to the cab radio has it playing. And then when you get there, the stadium is so loud that you just like hop out the cab and you can still hear the entire game. It's like, it was really exciting. That's so cool. And I love how like singing is like a part of like sports there. Oh, yeah. They got chance for days in Europe. Every European country's got chance for their teams. Vulgarity. I was going to say Mexico, too. They have, like, nasty chance. Oh, definitely. Latin America, too. (laughs) That's how it was last year. I was in Mexico City for the World Cup, and because Mexico's out so early, everybody just went Argentina. 
And it was like that in the streets, though, like TVs and like open air bars face the street. And you just like kind of, you know, I'd be walking around with my friends. I don't even care about football, but it was so much like in the culture that you just stop every few bars and kind of like see what's going on. Or like when you got, we got close to the final game and it was like, Mm. everybody was glued to a street corner kind of deal. It's it's like a cool communal thing. Yeah. Whether you like football or not. Totally. Absolutely. Nice. Well, I think that's a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I want to thank Troy Higgins again for the wonderful music and doing the mixing on the show. Our uh, our co-hosts here, Tom and Olivia, you guys are awesome. We're just giving shout outs. Um, shout out to Mexico. Shout out to Costa Rica. Shout out to España. Um, and shout out to you, fair listener. Um, if you would like to subscribe, we are on Apple Podcasts. You can get that us in the Apple Podcasts app. You can find us on Spotify. And you can find us on YouTube, where we're putting the new videos up. I'm going to do shorts. I'm trying to pay Ozzo to do some shorts for us. Right. Nice. <laughs> Football <laughs> shorts. Make that money, Ozzo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's like doing the math. I was like, five bucks each one. He's like, hmm, how many per episode? I'm like, dude, what? Come on, man. Let me help you. Mm. Um, so, yeah, you can find us on, on YouTube. We're, we're, we're getting the studio dialed in. Pretty excited about that. Shout out to our sponsor, Kitcaster. If you want to get booked on top podcasts, definitely check out kitcaster.com. And I think that's a wrap. All right. Bye, everybody. Later. Later. Later.